guys, welcome to another podcast for Becoming a First Rate Duelist, where we interview lots of pro players like Jesse Cotton, Cody Antoloff, and also we interviewed MBT. And now we are going to interview Farfa. And Farfa, uh, you might be wondering if he's a pro player. Of course he's a pro player. Why are you wondering that? But he is also a Yugi, Yugi tuber and a streamer, and a part of becoming a first-rate duelist is a lot of people want to do that sort of thing. So I thought he would be a great guest. Also, he's very funny, and I need views. Yeah. No, that, that makes sense, right? Uh, you, you put me in the same category and Jesse as Cody. It, it, it's because of the fact that um, I have more views on YouTube than them. So naturally, that equals tops, in my opinion. I don't know how other people view it, so makes yeah. sense. Absolutely. That makes perfect sense, too. So soon, someday, I will be better than both of them as well. So, <laughs> yeah, we'll see what's up. Okay, so, um, I don't know, why don't we, I guess, talk, I guess we met on Twitter, quote-unquote met on Twitter, and we've DM'd, but we've never talked face-to-face. -face. So, um, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Um, I was uh, bored in university one day. And uh, I went to my friend's house and uh, he accidentally like nudged his uh, computer desk and then out from behind it fell an entire like collection of starter deck Yugi and Kaiba cards from literally 10 years ago. Oh my God. And then we picked them up and we were like, oh my God, do you remember this game? <laughs> oh, wow. This game was crazy. Yeah. And then we just uh, shuffled up these like the hundred card pile abomination and then dished them out like one at a time between each other. And then started dueling. Um, he summoned a mass beast against me, oh, which wow. is a 3,400 attack ritual vanilla monster or something like that. <laughs> uh, and I couldn't out it. So I got really upset. Wait, did he summon it uh, properly or did he just like throw it down? No, he summoned it properly. We knew that we knew the rules. Like we knew like main phase and normal summon. Um, actually, one funny thing that we did that, uh, you know, in modern Yu-Gi-Oh was, um, I say modern Yu-Gi-Oh, this was like eight years ago, but in terms of relatively new Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, we knew all the basic rules and stuff, but we didn't know how shuffling worked. So we activated Sonic Bird to search his deck for a ritual spell to summon the Mass Beast. Um, but we didn't realize that you just shuffle the deck after you search. So we were just like, oh, quickly look through the deck and find the card you need, but don't memorize the order of the uh -huh. deck. Because, you know, why would you shuffle the deck? That doesn't make any sense, right? The deck should stay the same as it was at the start of the duel, obviously. Oh, um, yeah. Makes perfect sense. And then, yeah, basically, we we uh, just kind of took it from there. Started learning the basic rules, learning competitive Yu-Gi-Oh. I say competitive. He ended up playing uh, baby raccoons. Um, <laughs> I played uh, agents. So, yeah, we got pretty competitive very very quickly. Um, yeah, no, that's uh, basically how I started playing new Yu-Gi-Oh. I mean, when I first started playing as like a kid, like yeah, I picked up like. The, the Kaiba Yugi structure decks and played with friends and stuff for like, you know, a month and then stopped it because I was 10 years old and <laughs> it was just a fad. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that the first story I told you is how I started playing Yu-Gi-Oh ever since and that's where I've been. Yeah, I picked it up in college because me and my friend were talking and somehow Yu-Gi-Oh got brought up and we're like, dude, I love that show. And so we found a card shop and I bought a Merrick structure deck and he bought some other structure deck. But like we didn't actually take time to learn the rules. We're just like, oh, it's basically the same as the anime, right? So we were just playing with anime rules, and um, it was super fun. But yeah, we did it for like a week, and then like four years later, I found it, and I started going to a card shop with my Gravekeeper's deck, 
and then it was weird so I quit for eight years and then I got pulled back in when I found my cars again and now here I am talking to you so yeah it all works oh, that's out pretty cool. it. yeah awesome okay so yeah I mean you just you just start with like uh, a basic uh, like product really not even a deck you just play it out of the box and and then you realize there's a big wide world out there outside of just you know uh normal summon revival jam <laughs> oh revival jam i thought that was the coolest card but i was very disappointed when i learned that it wasn't like you know infinite summons or whatever i don't know i don't know yeah wow it doesn't work the same way in the show that really annoyed <laughs> me as well <laughs> you can't like multiply it or whatever happened i don't freaking know Yugi, yeah. wait, did he summon Slifer in that episode? The yep. the ring guy? It was Mariko summoned it, right? With the revival gem. Oh. Something like that. I was thinking of the guy with, like, the piercings. What was his name? The one with, like, the birds on him? Do you guys know what I'm Oh, I don't remember about? his name. Yeah, but, but the like, guy the with mime. the cage. He was the guy who had Lava Golem, right? Something like that. Yeah, Strings. String, String. Yes, String, that guy. Yeah, his piercings really grossed me out. But there was that part of the anime where he was just standing still and a bunch of birds fell on him and I thought that was the funniest thing ever. I was like, this- I can't take this person seriously as a villain if there are pigeons landing on his head. But yeah. Uh, awesome. Okay, so, uh, guys, if you have any questions, feel free to drop them. We have some questions from Twitter and myself. Uh, the most pressing question is, Farfa, if you could change your username to a different card, what would you pick? I go from Farfa to Graf. Oh, so staying in the archetype, I guess. Yeah, ask me seven more times and I'll just go through each Mala branch <laughs> and then we'll jump to the different archetype. Okay, fair enough. Um, can you tell us a bit about your Yu-Gi-Oh accomplishments? <laughs> Maybe that wasn't the right question. I just copied and pasted from like Jesse and Cody. <laughs> I uh I I think um I'm very proud of obviously how far I've come here to be the uh technically I guess you'd probably look at it as the biggest like TCG streamer. I, I guess is really awesome. Um, I started streaming full time two maybe three years ago now, three years plus ish I think. Uh, well, I mean, I guess like on and off for three years and two full-time. So, you know, it feels really good um, to know that just literally a four-digit number is crazy to me. Yeah, just nuts. Even, even on like a slow day, having like a thousand plus people is like pretty crazy if you were to physically picture each and every individual one of those people um, like as a person, like sitting in a chair, like watching you. <laughs> so that's a pretty, I'm, I'm really proud of that, um, that I've come this far. Yeah, and definitely. uh obviously that big uh, silver play button over there is quite nice so oh, yeah. i did I, I did accomplish a bunch of really awesome goals um and i think without a doubt you know going to worlds or winning ycs's i mean those are fleeting and uh <laughs> almost sort of temporary achievements um and i feel like focusing on creating content has really managed to you know give me something that's like career based um, and that's not really something you can do with playing the game, I feel. So I'm very uh, I'm very lucky that I've got to this position that I have been. And, you know, um, I, enjoy, I enjoy where I'm at right now because I can play for fun and I don't need to care. And I don't need to focus and uh, get frustrated and get really um, hell-bent on uh, 
making sure that I top and do well at every event. And even if I was to do well and top at every event, I still wouldn't even be able to play this game full time. Um, yeah. Because I would need to like get an actual like real job to fund that. Uh, to fund that. Um, whereas, you know, I'm lucky enough to be in this position yes. that I can just focus on making cool and enjoyable content. So yeah, no, I'm I'm lucky that way, and I I, I really like that uh, I've managed to um, you know, hit an accolade that not a lot of content creators will ever hit. So yeah, yeah, I'm absolutely. I'm pretty proud of that, I guess. Yeah, I always hear good things about your content. Obviously, I watch your your videos and your stream, uh, and so I always hear people talking about you know how funny you are and how much they enjoy it and stuff like that. And plus, like. I was close to partner, like my average was 73 at one point, but now it went down and so I'm like, God damn it. I was hoping to get partner by the end of the year, that would be cool. But um, yeah, we'll see what's up. And then, I don't know, I started playing competitively. All about consistency is really like the, the way you do it. Um, I mean, turning on your stream like every day and making sure you have something like to do and to talk about and to uh, get people on for and things like that, like it's just, you know, it's consistency, right? So. Yeah. I think that's the important thing. Yeah, definitely. I think that's pretty important as well. And it's like, it's funny you mentioned about competitive side having a lot of downfalls because I'm like, I'm insane. I'm just so competitive and it just destroys me. It's like, if I don't top, then I have a meltdown type of a thing. So I can see how your life has a lot more pros compared to like someone working at McDonald's and traveling to YCS's all the time. So, yeah. I, I think it's a, a balance, right? You know, you have to, uh, if, you, if you want to do well at the game, then you have to care a lot and you have to be passionate about your losses and your wins and try to see how you can fix it and improve. But, you know, if it leads to like really unhealthy frustrations, then, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, like, why are you still playing kind of thing? Do you know what I mean? So, yeah. I'm so it is all about a, bit, a little bit of a balance, in my opinion. Yeah. I just want a Kaiba trophy. Uh, and then a Mystic Mind player stole it from me because freaking played Mystic Mind and decked me out because I didn't sneak a twin in there. And I didn't get the Kaiba trophy. I have a Yugi trophy, but I don't care about Yugi. I want a Kaiba trophy. And that's all I want. And also, I want to be on Yu Gi Oh! TV. Yu Gi Oh! TV is the, uh, the invitational. I call it Yu Gi Oh! TV. So, yeah. The remote do invitational. Yeah, Yu Gi Oh! TV. I want oh, right, Yu Gi Oh! Okay. TV. So, yeah, it's like the Big Brother house, but for uh, for Yu-Gi-Oh. Makes sense. <laughs> like a reality TV show about Drytron. That's what the world is missing. Yeah, my nice resident sleeper deck that no one cares about. Uh, <laughs> but at least I don't play pranks. Uh, and I found that out because I brought pranks to a local, then everyone was like, no, go back to Drytron. We hate that deck. So, yeah. Mm. Uh, yes, we do see a cattail in the bottom. Can you, like show your cat to the camera because that's a big part uh of he's life. like fully in shot i think like maybe you might have him cropped out oh okay yeah i do have him cropped out okay yeah that's why all right well the tail is good enough anyway <laughs> i saw that you went to locals uh recently so like it's been years right since you've gone to locals like do you want to talk a little bit about that um i never really went to locals that much before covid to be honest because um, I don't really enjoy playing as much as I used to because I'd rather just watch and do content about it, to be honest. Oh, okay. um, but going back again, I guess really just more of a social aspect, right? Seeing all your friends again and stuff is uh, what it's all about. So yeah, it was uh, a fun experience. Um, 
going through that. And then, and then, I, then I quickly realized, even just after round three, just feeling like fatigued and like, <laughs> uh, okay, you know, uh, two more rounds of this. And uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, maybe I'm just like an old boomer or something, but actually sitting down to play and go through an entire onslaught of an event and uh, go through that process of, hi, how are you? Hello, let's duel, dice roll, first, second, siding. Um, it's uh, it's long and arduous. I got so used to online that I never really thought of how exhausting it is actually playing an in-person event. You know, you really are just sitting there like moving cards around on a table, but it's like it really takes a toll on you. You know, you're using like so much brain power when you're playing. Um, you know, you spend like an entire like day at a tournament. It's uh, it's it's exhausting, but good preparation for regionals and YCSs again, which hopefully uh, I'll be attending. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I think the best part about those Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments was I went to the New York one, and um, Pac was there, and and Jen and Susu and Nim Nim and stuff like that. And so, like, the best part of that tournament was just hanging out with them. Like, that was super dope. Uh, the actual gameplay was like okay, but it was kind of stressful. Um, but I don't know. I think the best part of like traveling and stuff is seeing your friends, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I don't think anyone. Uh likes the game that much <laughs> I, I i haven't seen anyone who just in, enjoys like physically sitting down and playing as much as i guess maybe pack i think is the only person <laughs> um yeah i remember he played an entire lcs on stream and then streamed himself playing locals directly after the lcs <laughs> like okay i i guess you just really like playing <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh, but i think most people enjoy it because of the people that they interact with um the gameplay itself, I don't think, is particularly impressive, but you know, it is just fun to sit down and come up with uh, strategies and side patterns and deck building with uh, with people you uh, you like hanging out with. So it, that's um, that's the beauty of uh, even just a solo game, which is crazy. It is really just a one versus one duel, uh, but it feels like a lot more goes into your deck than just you as a person. So it's yeah, yeah, definitely, just a huge aspect I really enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I do love my Dragtron deck, even though no one else does, for sure. Okay, we have a question in the chat. What was Farfa's reasoning for changing his channel name? I can't remember what his old Infernity channel name was. I have no idea uh, what they're talking about. Yeah, I used to have the, the city I was in. as my, Like, my channel was just like Glasgow Yu-Gi-Oh, which is, you know, <laughs> just, right? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Imagine you called yourself like I don't know, Chicago Yu-Gi-Oh or something. Yeah, that's just kind of weird, right? Like, <laughs> so um, yeah, I just figured it was time for a change and uh, didn't really know how I picked the name. I just wanted like I always, uh, you know, because I was thinking like, okay, let's think like brand. Like, let I I get I get uh, into like further down the, the the chain of youtube and uh twitch like what am i gonna what, what am i gonna call myself right you don't want something like complicated you want something like simple that people can just like hear and remember and then type um so i figured like you know two syllables that's good ah here's farfa that's a cool name from uh, one of my favorite archetypes okay so did you pick farfa nope. just because like you like that card or it sounded funny or what's the no, it's like the branding, right? Like it, it, it just fits really well compared to something like, uh, you know, 
any of the other Malabranch. Uh, trust me, there's some like real marketing five head stuff going into this. All right, <laughs> I, I, I had to study like ten layers of mnemonics and uh, acoustics to really come down and uh, narrow it to uh, Farfa. Yeah, like uh, they all have their weaknesses. You know, Kagna that doesn't really ring nicely. Barbar, I don't know. That sounds like the name of uh, I don't know. Like uh, I don't even know. Yeah, so. It's kind of semi-random, but also a little bit of thought put into it. I just thought Farfar ringed nicely. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I, I feel like Farfar's a lot easier to remember than Simo with like 11 O's or Nim Nim, which I still don't know how to spell, honestly. Oh, Nim Nim I remember because it's Nai Him Nim. That's how I remember it. Oh, okay, yeah. Like, I didn't, when I first saw the username, I didn't realize it was Nim Nim, and then I was at Locals and I talked about how like, there was this dude that made like a couch out of those Yu-Gi-Oh tins and they're like, Nim Nim. And I was like, who's that? And they're like, oh, let's look him up. And I was like, oh, I know that guy. I didn't know that's how you say his name. So yeah, <laughs> branding. Yeah, see, that that's something I thought about was like, you know, you need something that people can remember because you could potentially lose interest in um, just very, very vague peripheral uh potential fans or whatever you want to call it if your name is like you know something like Nahimanim <laughs> who's gonna remember that well apparently like 50,000 people or something like that true uh, true but to be fair I guess most people call him Gage um, yeah exactly <laughs> yeah like most people don't call me fifth grade duelist they just call me Zara but that is also because fifth grade duelist is an insult so I appreciate that people call me by my name. So yeah. At least uh, fifth rate is uh, easy to remember. It's just a sentence and it's a pretty easy number, eh? Yeah, fifth is good. Yeah, I like the ring. I think it, it comes off nicely. And it's like soft self-deprecation. But yeah. <laughs> but now that I'm like winning a lot, people are changing your name and I'm like, no, I, I have to stay humble. And also- When I'm you win a YCS, you can upgrade. Uh... <laughs> The number Up to by one integer. One integer, fourth rate duelist. Oh my god. Yep. Isn't that and then like, third rate? Yeah, just and every YCS I win, I just get to move it up. But at, at a point, you have to stop because it's like if you win like one YCS, that would be a big deal. But if I won like three, I probably wouldn't care. So then I'd have to go to Worlds and then I would have to bump it up. But if I lose, does that mean I have to go down? Um. But then you'd end up as like 76th rate duelist <laughs> if you like scrub enough locals and regionals. <laughs> no, we'll see. Maybe it'll just be like a constant flux. Like I move up sometimes, I move down sometimes. Yeah. Maybe yeah. I should do 0.5s instead. Yes. Awesome. Okay. Um, if someone wants to start doing YouTube videos, what advice would you give them? Oh, God. Um, I don't know, honestly. I feel like... I don't know where I would start today if I started today. You know? It's like... Um, I, I feel like it's like a, such a saturated market. Yeah, there are quite and a few people. There, it's, I feel like so many bases are already covered. And there's just so much content out there that people don't have time to watch all of it. So when you do, when you start something up as a YouTuber, you need something like really unique or you need to already have that platform that people can jump on. Um, 
I mean, the most important thing, first of all, is start with a niche and pick something. Because I feel like a lot of people sometimes start a YouTube channel, they just try to do everything. You know, like people, some people try to do like a, be like a pseudo journalist. Some people like to do deck profiles and then replays, but then, then also some discussion. So like, you just pick something, right? Make that your thing. Like, are you going to do like high quality vlogs? Um, are you going to do replays? Like, you know, you have to, you have to pick something. Um, so I think that's what the important thing is, is find like your niche um, and then go from there. And then thereafter, um, I can't stress enough how important quality is in this modern age people will just turn your video off if you sound like a potato speaking out of a Soviet bunker through a walkie-talkie. <laughs> so have a good microphone. Um, a, 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 de a decent acceptable camera should be um, good as well. Lighting, if you're planning on using anything like that. Um, and if you really want to you know, take it far, um, don't understand your limitations and your weaknesses. So don't try and... Uh, you know, do something that is out of your range because there are people you can hire for this. You can go on Fiverr and you can get an editor. You can get someone who will um, screenwrite and do all of the, th that stuff for you and put your idea into motion. Yeah. Um, so don't be a friend to spend money as well if you really want to take it seriously. Um, yeah, I think trying to do too much at once is really the biggest uh, loss, I would say, for new Yu-Gi-Oh uh, YouTubers in general is... Uh, Trying to do a little bit of everything and also trying to do all of the background stuff themselves without realizing that you can just invest a little bit of your money into better things yeah definitely yeah like when i started i was just doing pack opening videos but i was just doing them for fun because like i don't know i wanted to make a video and then i realized i was negging so hard so i just stopped doing that entirely and then i started my road to ycs and that's when my channel really grew I don't know if you know about it, but I just kind of document my journey going from casual to competitive. And, um, yeah, I've seen some. Yeah, so uh, ever since I did that, that's when everything started growing. My YouTube grew, my Twitch grew, and um, then I started posting like these like interviews and duels with like pros and stuff like that. Like my duel with Jesse Cotton got like over ten thousand views on YouTube or something. So. Yeah, and then all these people were approaching me in public, being like, oh, I saw your duel, and you should have done this at this point. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about, but thank you for your advice, I guess. So mm -hmm. That must yeah. be the most frustrating thing, is uh, I feel like if you're a girl, people are naturally going to try and be extra nice to you. But in a, being, being really nice comes across as patronizing as well. <laughs> so yeah, but I, I can see why that would be really annoying. Yeah, I call people out. Um, I tell them they're mansplaining and I don't like it. Or I call them assholes. Um, maybe that's not the smartest thing to do, but yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I, I would say like I've had, I don't know, I've had a lot of funny interactions of dudes just saying really wild things. Like when I was in a tournament, this guy sits down and then he's like, I've never dueled a female before. <laughs> I was like... Like, did this guy just not ironically refer to me as a female? <laughs> like, oh my god. And then I crushed him, and he didn't even want to go to game two. He just got up and left, and I'm like, he's never going to talk to a woman again, and it's all my fault. <laughs> yeah. I think sometimes people can uh, fixate on the gender thing as, um, not in a malicious way, because, you know, Yu-Gi-Oh players will just generally not interact with women often, because statistically, you're just more likely to be a guy if you play Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah. So they just get used to that. Um, so when it, when they do play against a girl, it's kind of unique and a big deal, um, which is kind of understandable. 
um, even if they do say things that are strange. Like, <laughs> I've never dulled a female before, but I guess there was no malintent there. Um, but yeah, it is something that a lot of players should maybe try and get, you know, a little bit used to and not see it as the strangest um, alien thing that it kind of isn't. Yeah, it's definitely gotten better the more I've gone to locals. People stop being as weird. Um, some people don't stop being assholes, but that's I just crush them, and then everything is good. Okay. I so... mean, that's probably the most satisfying feeling is that if you just beat them, <laughs> then you know they can't really say anything, can they? Yeah, like there was this one dude. Like I two owed him. He was playing. I think he was playing uh, Burning Abyss, if I remember correctly. And afterwards, he was like. Oh, I thought it'd be easy. You would be an easy win because you're a girl. Ha ha ha. And I was like, bro, you were the easy win. I just 2 owed you in 15 minutes. I don't know if I would say that if I were you. Oh my god. It's funny though. I mean, the, the, the staple misogynist deck is uh, Burning Abyss, can confirm. <laughs> Alright, similar question to the YouTube one. If someone wants to start doing Twitch, what advice would you give them? Oh, just don't even bother. <laughs> it's I just, I actually just don't bother. It's so hard to grow on Twitch. Um, it it's it, yeah, going on Twitch I think is just the, the the one of the things that's just not possible in modern day. Like you have to legitimately like um, straight up just have you know a, someone host you with like thousands of people like regularly so that you can get out there. Um, but you know, it's it's so hard because like tuning like th this is the thing right that no one just browses Twitch. Right. No, very few people actually just, you know, scroll down and look through Twitch. Um, that doesn't happen very often. Mm -hmm. Most people find a channel because of a specific interaction or a, spe a specific incident where they found uh, the channel. Usually through YouTube is the best place. I find that um, I, if I was to try start from Twitch, I would start a YouTube channel and I would stream and then put the highlights and edit together the clips and stuff and put them in videos and then people can find my Twitch through that. Um, yeah, and it's about being, you know, consistent and uh, understand that um, you can't just really just turn on your stream and do whatever. As a new streamer, I'm very lucky and privileged because I'll be honest, I, I, I can just do that and I will just have like <laughs> hundreds of people. Um, but that's a point you have to get to. Uh, you need to like have like something that you know, people can look forward to a schedule, a specific event, et cetera, et cetera. Like that's important, right? Yeah. Um, and that's what like helps you grow is that consistency. Um, and I think that reference point of YouTube is extremely, extremely important because like I said, people do not just go through Twitch and browse and find people. And if they do do that, um, what what's the chances they're going to click on your stream and then sit around for like 10, 20 minutes? Because the average time that someone spends on Twitch browsing if they do browse in the first place is like they will click on a channel and if they don't like you within 10 seconds they'll leave how often have you just been on stream and you just didn't say anything for like six seconds right people will just leave um because that's just the nature of a live stream there's going to be peaks and troughs and that's what the, the purpose of uh, youtube is is that it validates everything and coalesces all of these amazing and great moments that you have on your stream into one sort of um center point and focal point that people can watch on, on YouTube and enjoy. So having that as the place to get everything together and uh, demonstrate your talents is, I think, the best place to start. And I don't think just straight up pure Twitch streaming is going to get you anywhere. 
Yeah, uh, I would agree with that. Like, first couple of months of Twitch streaming, I had like what nine people or something like that, and that was only because I have a Twitter with uh, a lot of followers that I even had any audience. But once I started doing the YouTube more seriously, then I started to get a lot more. And also, I think like being competitive helps. Like, obviously, all these pro players can get views because they're pro players, like Christian Urena and um, Gabriel Vargas and stuff like that. Uh, and then when I got second in that New York tournament, like, I just got, like, tons more viewers uh, because for some reason people heard about it type of thing. So I think being competitive also helps if anyone's, like, interested in that sort of thing. It just depends on what your thing is. Like, you know, people want to see something. And um, I don't think competitive Yu-Gi-Oh! is a big market. In fact, I think it's kind of a bad market and not very popular. Um, I personally think people are there for entertainment. Yeah. So, I mean, if you want to be competitive, that's a niche you can fill, of course. But I personally don't think it's a good one um, or a popular one. Um, but at the same time, you know, there is a there is a market for everything, right? Like people can watch Discord. Uh, sorry, can watch streams for rulings, right? That's why people watch like Coder, for example. People can just uh, watch my stream for. Um, I don't really know what, but <laughs> I'm here, I guess. You know, so pe different people do different things. Um, and that's something that you can try and fill. If you think there's a gap somewhere, then you can watch that. And you can look forward to it every week or every day or whenever it is. Yeah, like King Scarlet was talking about streaming, but like he would like make, like write skits while streaming and like, you know, get input from the audience. And I thought that was like a cute idea. Like that's something that doesn't exist. Um, but. Yeah, I thought that would be kind of interesting. So hopefully he, yeah, it's pretty neat. he tries it out. Okay, we have a question in the chat. What do you think is missing from the Yu-Gi-Oh! content creation world? Like, what do you wish you saw more of? Uh, to tell you the truth, I don't really watch a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! content. Um, just because I, I'm, I'm, I, I, I just think that I don't really know. Like, I, I guess I, you know, I don't really sit and browse YouTube like, you know, waiting for the next uh, duel to watch or something. <laughs> Any and all of the content I watch, everyone watches with me from my stream. Um, it's not something I do in my own personal time. I don't go out of my way to watch Yu-Gi-Oh content when I'm not streaming. Um, I do it all on stream. Um, and I, I suppose the things I really enjoy is, uh, you know, just a little bit of everything. Um, watching like a really high quality you know, duel made by like Sam or like Cali effect is like, has really good duels as well. Oh, yeah. Um, watching something like that, I think is kind of fun. Uh, just like the dumb stuff is enjoyable. I do enjoy like, you know, these like little structure deck duels and Sam has like really good, like funny vibes with his brother, you know, <laughs> just like people like having like a kind of good time and seeing like funny, like dumb decks, like kind of work, like, you know, summoning Slifer or, uh, Jesse's little series he has. Uh, where he tries and makes like some dumb combo that ends on Harakathy turn one, just <laughs> fun stuff like that. Um, yeah, I just uh, uh, Ruggles as well. Uh, th those are my favorite kind of content for me personally. I guess the way I see it, for me, it's about the entertainment and like the visual, you know, spectacle, right? Like if I sit down and watch like Sam or Ruggles, I know I'm going to get like a cinematic level of uh, Yu-Gi-Oh content, right? And I can just sit back and relax and enjoy it. Um, 
as for just watching a competitive duel, like depending on the deck, it could be fun. But you know, I'm not gonna sit and watch a tri brigade mirror, absolutely <laughs> creaming myself. Yeah, well, it's better than a drytron mirror. I can tell you that much. So, <laughs> watching drytron mirrors is the equivalent of watching paint dry. It's just so goddamn boring. There's like no skill. Yep. It's like, do you have hand trips? Like I have a friend who plays drytron, and when we play test. We just show each other our hands and then figure out who won from there. It's like, oh, do you have full combo? Yes. Do you have hand traps? No. Okay, I'll win. Let's go to the next game. It's terrible. Why do I play Drytron Farfa? Why do I do this to myself? <laughs> I mean, okay. I play Adamant Spitter, so I can kind of, uh, what's the word, um, understand where you're coming from. Yeah, I don't know. Combo mirrors have always notoriously been pretty terrible in this game. <laughs> yeah, I don't know anything about Adamant Spitter except five cards you just search five cards and something happens so mm -hmm. yeah we'll see what's up oh do you have time for the duel today or did you want to do that another day oh yeah we have a duel to play sure wait it is online right uh we could either do dueling book or remote duel it's up to you uh i have both actually okay remote duel is preferable just because that's a little more interesting but um we still have some questions first so we sure. can do that after. Okay. Um, let's see. What do you think of the new Dark Magician Karibo card? Um, there's a new Dark Magician ritual monster that searches souls, but new Dark Magician Karibo card specifically, <laughs> I read it a week or two ago, um, and I don't remember what it does. So I think that in itself explains what I think about that card. <laughs> yeah, I just so probably thought, not a lot. I was just like, that is the cutest thing ever. I don't know what it does either. But Oh yeah, yeah the sleeves and the uh the, the card like sleeves that. or the uh, the mat and stuff that they're making with it looks amazing. <laughs> um I don't know what the card does though. I think it maybe it sucks. So yeah. who knows? Something about special summoning dark magician question mark? I'm not quite sure. Okay. Yeah, it's, it, it makes good product. That's what I know. <laughs> Alright. Um, chamber, parlor, or kitchen? Parlor. Parlor? I do like parlor as well. Is it the... Are the you surprised that I had like an instantaneous answer for that? <laughs> yeah, I was. I was like, that was fast, man. It's like he's thought about this before. <laughs> uh, this is something I've thought about extensively. Don't worry. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> Alright. What is your favorite third Zeus material? Third what? Zeus material? Yeah. Ah, yes. This is a uh, pure zoo player joke where you summon Borbo and then <laughs> attack directly and then put three more materials on top and activate Zeus. Yeah, so we'll have to go with Borbo for sure. Okay, awesome. Isn't that the second material though? Well, if you're counting from Zeus, there will be two in between it. And then Borbo will be the third, and then the monster you made the Borbo is fourth, so it's a four material Zeus. So yeah, Borbo is the third. <laughs> oh, I, I go in the opposite direction. Like the Oh, I guess that's one way to look at it, yeah. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Uh if you could randomly bring back one band card, like Snatch Steel was that Block one. Dragon. Which one? Block Dragon. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh that doesn't Why did I have an instant <laughs> I just I just had an instant answer. <laughs> You didn't finish the question and you knew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was there more? Sorry. Uh, the question. The rest of the question was why. 
Oh, so I can play out of Emancipator and not lose to a singular disruption. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, out of Emancipator. I didn't play when out of Emancipator was... Well, I played like Cyber Dragon, so obviously I didn't really play against competitive... Oh, I remember the Cyber Dragon Zara arc. <laughs> that was a good season. Oh my god, yes. Uh, I even <laughs> had like Zane backgrounds and like... Yeah, I was really into the Cyber Dragons. I pulled two ulti Cyber Dragons from PAX I won. So I say if I get a third one, then I will play Cyber Dragons again. They're so wow. good. They just look so nice. I can't get over it. Fair. Yes. Farfo, what do you think about archetype and type slash attribute distribution? So archetypes like DM and Blue Eyes getting ton of support. Same for warriors and dragons, while some get nothing. Well, um, I think that uh, in the end, Konami's a business and they're going to do what makes them the most profit. And there's nothing that sells better than uh, the typical nostalgia that is Dark Magician Blue Eyes. So, you know, that's what they're going to go for. As long as people keep buying it, they'll keep making it. Um, I think Dragons, Warriors, Spellcasters are the most oversaturated type support in Yu-Gi-Oh! And that's just because, I guess... From a fantasy mythical perspective, like spellcasters and dragons and warriors are cool. Like that's just what people think are like cool when it comes to like, you know, that kind of fantasy or whatever. Um, so they're just gonna keep making support for it. Um, I like that they're branching out. We're getting what appears to be a quite a decently competitive uh, insect deck. Uh, I've actually, you know, I've just started playing it now and trying to learn it, and um, it's been pretty fun. I actually really like it. So you know. I think uh, in the end, I think they're just going to do what they what what makes more money, and that just makes sense. But you know, I do quite like the fact that insects look good, and um, hopefully, we'll get more pyro support oh, yeah. and sea serpents. And you know, <laughs> in the end, like you know, they they have I'm sure great creative minds who can uh, come up with good uh, you know lore and all this kind of stuff, right? Um, and being able to like come up with a new cool like sea serpent or fish deck is like totally doable um so it's just whether or not they want to do it um but i think in the end they're just going to stick to what works for them and what has been tried and tested and uh you know does good for does good for the company yeah i do want to point out that pain is in the chat and he just said justice for pyro how many days yeah, has it well been pain <laughs> Someday, We're approaching you know. a thousand soon. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's definitely in the midnight nine hundreds. Yeah, someday pain. Unless Konami's a troll and they know that pain has been counting it, and that's why they purposefully don't print it because they think it's funny. Mm. Nine hundred twenty-two days. <laughs> okay, which Ash artwork is best to negate Red Eyes fusion? I think you're always going to be tilted if someone drops a fish, a uh, fish, a feet ash on you, right? <laughs> Doesn't matter what, you know, can't normal or special summon that turn. Still applies the restriction, but I don't get the Dragoon. And I get to look at this stupid uh, furry feet girl. So <laughs> I think that's a no-brainer. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I remember... Shall we do? Oh, you want to do? Okay. You don't want more Shall questions? We do? Yeah, we can do this. Uh, let me just conclude. All right, everyone. Okay, sure. Uh, let's thank Farfield. Let's get some emotes and stuff like that. And um, please like, comment, subscribe. 
and eventually this will be on Spotify. I just am lazy and I haven't figured it out. And if you'd like to watch the duel, then go click my YouTube channel and find it yourself. Okay, thank you. Bye.